brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to another episode of The Quiet Ones. Fall is in the air here in Boston, and I absolutely love it. Pumpkin spice season is in full effect. I'm so excited about it. I love pumpkin spice. I love it when the seasons change. It's such a great reminder for me that things do change. I tend to get into that mindset sometimes that nothing will ever get better or change for the good, that things will always be the way that they are right now. But then I start to notice that the green is slowly fading to wonderful, beautiful shades of red and yellow and gold, and I realize that change is happening. It's the same for things in life. They will get better. One of my favorite quotes is from a lady named Glennon Doyle Melton. She said, Life is hard. It's not because you're doing it wrong. It's just hard, but we can do hard things. It's so important for me to have this reminder from time to time. It's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking that we can't do something. I usually have two modes. I either think that I can do something that is totally crazy and completely impossible, or I think that I can't do something that is super easy and simple. Glennon also said, we can do hard things, but we can't do easy things. And that is so true for me. Some days it's all I can do to take a shower and get off the couch, especially on the weekends. I'm not good at being productive on the weekends. But I'm almost always planning something new and big and crazy and impossible. I've told you guys before about how I moved across the country a couple times. I have gotten a job in an industry that is really difficult to get into. I can do really hard things that people tell me are impossible. And I wanted to share that with you because I want to make sure that you know that you can do really hard things too. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever you are dreaming about or planning, you can do it. I'm so sure of it. I talk to a lot of INFJs who struggle with taking care of themselves. I know that I certainly do as well. I am the last person that I want to take care of. I'm all about taking care of everyone else first. I know what to do for them. I can look at them and know what they need. But when it comes to me, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it. I don't know how to take care of myself or when to plan the right time to take care of myself. In fact, I've only learned about self-care about five years ago. It's something that is so important for us. 
So we are going to talk a little bit about self-care today. We are also going to talk about self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is one of my favorite topics these days. So let's start with self-care. What do we mean when we say self-care? Self-care is taking actions to protect or preserve your own health and well-being. It's literally taking care of yourself. I think of it as doing something nice for yourself or maybe something that you don't get to do all of the time. Some examples that we talked about in the INFJ Woman Facebook group are yoga, getting a massage, taking a nap, soaking in a bubble bath, reading a good book, going out for ice cream, spending quiet time in the garden, and drinking tea by the fireplace. It's the perfect time of year for the fireplace, too. Self-care is so important for INFJs. It's so easy for us to soak up the emotions of the people around us, even when we don't realize that's what we are doing. Taking time for ourselves allows us to decompress and recharge. A friend of mine sent me a picture of a sifter not too long ago. It was a new style sifter that you have to shake to make it work. She said, you need one of these and you need to put it to work in your head every single day. It's so important. When I saw the picture, it all made perfect sense. As an INFJ, I picture my head like a bowl. I'm just constantly adding different emotions, different problems, different issues that are my own, as well as all the things that I pick up from other people. Now, if we just continue to pick up things and put them in the bowl, at some point, it will overflow. We won't be able to handle anything else anymore. So it's important for us to think of our heads and our minds as a sifter. We need to work diligently every single day to sift through the things that we pick up and make sure that we are only keeping the things that bring us joy and meaning. So rather than just collecting them, we need to look at the things that we're picking up, to recognize them, to name them, and to say, okay, does this belong to me or does it not? And if it doesn't belong to me, can I put it down? And if it does belong to me, still, is it something that I need to carry around or is it okay for me to put it down? Everything that doesn't belong to us, we need to put down and walk away from. If it doesn't serve us, we should no longer worry about it. It's okay to put some things down. In fact, it's okay to put a lot of things down. If they don't serve you, put them down and walk away. I'm telling you this story because it ties into our next subject of self-acceptance. As INFJs, we are told from a very young age that we need to change. We need to be more extroverted like our friends and our siblings. Because of this, we never really find that sense of belonging that we long for. We go through life feeling like we're not enough just the way that we are. To compensate for this feeling, we become people pleasers, doing whatever we can for those around us so that we will feel loved and appreciated. It takes some internal work to break out of this cycle and to find a healthier way of living. It takes a realization that this is what we are doing to be able to shift. Finding a place of self-acceptance is so, so important. It will change your whole way of thinking about life. Just the simple knowledge that you are enough, just the way that you are, and embracing that daily is enough to start to shift your way of thinking. I encourage you to write down that affirmation and think about it every single day. Write it on a sticky note on your mirror 
so you see it every morning or put it on the lock screen of your phone. Put it someplace that you will be reminded of it every single day. It is so important to remember. Once you really start to believe it and live it, you will find that so much is possible. Changing the way you think about yourself will change your whole outlook on life. It's about changing the way we believe things are possible. When you really love and accept yourself, anything is possible. All of those dreams that you have, all of those things that you want to do are suddenly possible. You can get away from your dad who is always tearing you down. You can finally leave your husband who hasn't said anything positive to you in years. You can have the courage to walk away from your job with the boss who treats you like you are worthless. You can have the courage to do anything that you want, even if it's something crazy like moving halfway across the country and chasing race cars around the country like I did, or starting your own business, or changing your career, or going back to school, or whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your dream is, you can have the courage to do that. It only takes one decision to change your whole entire life. Remember that. Once you start to believe in yourself, you will no longer have the time or energy to accept anything less than what you deserve from anyone, no matter who they are. I want each and every one of you to know this feeling. It's such an amazing feeling. So many people ask me, how do you get to this place of self-acceptance? What do you do? How do you get there? I wish I could tell you that there was just one thing that you do and bam, you have everything that you need. But it doesn't always work that way. At least it hasn't for me. It's more like a messy process of trying and failing and trying some more. I can tell you that it starts with that belief. It starts with you knowing that you deserve better. You are enough just the way that you are. It starts with you owning the fact that you are introverted and you need quiet time alone. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It's not something that needs to change. It's just who you are. It starts with you leaning into your intuition and following those gut feelings you have. You may not always understand them or know why your intuition is leading you the way that it is, and that's okay. It's important to trust it anyway. It starts with you accepting the fact that you are an emotional person. Your emotions are important to you, and you have a lot of them. That doesn't make you dramatic or crazy, nor does it mean that you overreact. It means that you feel things deeply, and that is a very special gift that not everyone has. Self-acceptance is a journey more than a destination. It's a process of getting to know yourself and giving yourself grace. As INFJs, we are constantly looking for ways to improve things, and that's perfectly okay. But it's also important for us to think about ourselves in a more gentle way. You are going to make mistakes. It's okay when you do. Everybody makes mistakes. Sit with the pain the shame, the regret, the embarrassment. Sit with all of those feelings for a moment, or for an hour, or for a day, if it takes that long. Really feel those things. Don't try to push them away. Just sit there, feeling icky and gross. Think about why you were feeling those things. Name the things that you were feeling. This is always the hardest part for me. Sometimes it really takes some thought and sorting through feelings to say, oh, okay, 
It was me being overwhelmed and embarrassed and angry. That was why I was acting that way. It's important, though, that you don't identify with the feeling. You're not keeping it. It's not a part of you. It's just a visitor. So an example of that is don't say, I'm sad. Say, I'm experiencing sadness. The same as you don't say, I'm fat. You say, I have fat. Also, don't say, I'm depressed. Say, I have depression. Next, think about what the story behind the emotion is. Where did it come from? When has it shown up in the past? This will help you to notice patterns and triggers. The more often that you are able to recognize your emotions, name them, and let go of them, the easier it will be. I want to encourage you to really take some time this week to think about self-acceptance. Think about how your life would change if you were able to show yourself more grace and more love rather than being so hard on yourself all the time. Think about what you would be capable of if you believed that you deserved it. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I have a couple of stories that I wanted to share with you guys from INFJs who have found self-acceptance in a couple of different ways. So let's get to them. The first one is from Stephanie in New York. She says, My boyfriend sent me the link to the Myers-Briggs personality test along with a link to the INFJ personality type. He said, Who do you think this is? Immediately while I was reading it, I was saying to myself, Who wrote this about me? I have been dating this guy for about eight months. I had just gotten out of a relationship that was toxic on all degrees. And me and this new guy instantly hit it off. We connected, we talked for hours. We have the same sense of humor and he understands my thought processes. He just let me be in the mess I was at the time and just accepted me, never asking for anything. He just wanted to know me and that he does. He knows me better than anyone in my life. Now we have shared so many times with each other how crazy our connection and bond is, and we could never pinpoint exactly what has drawn us so close, and for us to be so comfortable with one another. I feel completely understood and at ease, and we'll email each other topics we want to discuss because writing is a great way for us to express our thoughts. But we stress daily how unique our bond is and how quickly we fell for one another. As I read up on my personality and his... He's INTP. I came across our personality pairing. They call us, together, the golden pair. While reading up on this personality stuff that I've had no idea about before this guy picking out my personality, I found out that INFJs are rare, and so are INTPs. Now for us to be involved with each other and reading our personality and how compatible we are and why we feel so understood together gives us the answers we were looking for. It has given me the answer to why my whole life I've been the outcast or why I've always been so distant but present at the same time. I came across your Instagram just looking for a community and to find that you have a podcast that I could personally share this with hopefully someone who can understand how significant this is. To come out of a toxic, abusive relationship, 
To literally be stumbling out of this relationship and find a home within a person is amazing. For anyone who feels alone in their head, misunderstood, too emotional, or people say you're complicated or you don't make sense, you do make sense. Someone will understand you. Just open up yourself a little bit every day. Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I am so glad that you found somebody who makes you feel so understood. My niece is an INTP and I absolutely adore her. We get along so well and I know what that personality type is like. They are very, very precious. And it's so much fun to talk to her about personality types because she's just as obsessed with it as I am. And I love the way that she thinks about things, too. It's usually from a completely different angle than I do, um, but we have a lot of fun conversations. Okay, before we keep going, let's just take a quick ad break. As an introvert, I hate going to the store and dealing with crowds just to get the basic things I need, like toilet paper and toothpaste. It's so much easier just to have those things shipped straight to my house so that I never run out. With Amazon Prime, you can set up auto shipments and get free shipping as well. Try Amazon Prime free for 30 days. Get unlimited free two-day shipping with no minimum order. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial today. I love listening to books with Audible in the car on my way to work or while I'm at work. I've been listening to Todd Herman's The Alter Ego Effect recently, and I'm loving it. Try Audible free for 30 days and get two free audiobooks. Audible offers the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. With Audible, you can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial today. Okay, so our next story is from Kristen, who is in Norway. And she says, My name is Kristen. I'm 33, currently living in Oslo, Norway. I have a bachelor's degree in fine arts and work as an art framer. At home, I spend a lot of time making electronic music redecorating my home and sitting on my balcony looking at people going about their day. Being an art framer is not at all my soul's mission, but it gives me a sense of creativity and purpose while figuring out my next step. To me, being an INFJ is like being a receiver radio that can tune into a neutral frequency of wisdom and clarity whenever needed. It is always there. I can choose to block it out when I really need to decompress, but most of the time I'm tuned in. As a child, I was perceived as shy, oversensitive, and emotionally unstable. Surprise, surprise, I grew up to become a people pleaser and a martyr. I was an INFJ empath devoid of human boundaries to the external world. From my early teens and into adulthood, I developed toxic relationships with my mother, my friends, boyfriends, co-workers, and managers. Being so unaligned with my surroundings and relationships triggered my bipolar disorder in 2005, with hypomania and psychosis phases lasting for months. During each hypomania, I was religiously convinced I had to change everything about myself, because it was obviously me, and not the world around me, that needed correction. For that reason, I portrayed myself as an extrovert for many, many years— overachieving, overcompensating, overworking, overstimulated. It was exhausting. As a result, I became severely ill in 2010. For long periods of time, I was bedridden. In 2013, I was diagnosed with ME, a disease that causes chronic fatigue. The same year, I lost my father in a drowning accident. 
These two events represented an important transit of accelerated spiritual growth and intuition. I could no longer escape my introversion or intuition. I had to face it and embrace it. Even during this time of extremely poor health, I unconsciously kept attracting wounded people who seemingly needed healing more than me. Being a caretaker was the only role in which I felt a sense of self-worth and purpose. I was fully aware of my surroundings, but still completely oblivious of how I carried myself in these surroundings. Three years ago, I fell madly in love with a mentally broken man I identified as my soulmate. We had and still have an overwhelmingly deep connection. I had never experienced this level of love before. But once again, I unknowingly took the role as the caretaker. He became the child, I was the mother. It became a highly toxic relationship. I finally broke up with him in March of this year. It was the worst heartache I had ever experienced. Choosing myself over the love of my life contradicted everything I stood for as an INFJ. I ugly cried for months, and during the course of the summer, I began questioning the extensive grief and sadness I felt. Yes, it was a deep sense of loss and separation, but it was an even deeper sense of total failure, being unable to help him become the best version of himself. No matter how much I loved and nurtured him, he would not heal. I realized that his life and mindset represented the derailed human condition. I feel compelled to heal. The condition of trauma, delusions, fear, sense of separation, and victim narratives that deflect us from our true purpose on earth. That is to be our true, authentic self. To give and receive unconditional love. To co-create a better world. However damaging our relationship was emotionally... He was the one who held up the mirror and exposed me to my true reflection, the INFJ without boundaries. He also showed me my soul's purpose. This awareness rippled through every relationship in my life in a matter of weeks. Setting my first healthy boundaries at the age of 33 was so agonizing. I honestly felt like dying when the first negative repercussion came flying my way. Setting healthy boundaries truly is the death of any toxic relationship. And thank God for that. Within six months, I had cut ties with people, routines, and places that were incompatible with my INFJ self. My life has been a real challenge, but as an INFJ, I am allergic to victim narratives. Within each challenge or trauma is an endless source of experience, understanding regarding the human condition that enables me to connect more dots, make the picture bigger, and the perspectives ever more expansive. My soul's purpose is to convey this way of thinking to people in need of healing. I have fully embraced every part of myself as an INFJ, and I have never before felt this calm and present in my life. I wake up each day, tune into that neutral wisdom, and consciously choose to fully trust my intuition. It's such a blessing. Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know as well that it's extremely hard to start setting boundaries when you haven't for so long, but it's so incredibly important. I'm so glad that you were able to learn how to start setting those boundaries and that you're able to enforce them as well, which is another step that people don't really talk about. It's not just setting the boundary, it's, an, it's enforcing it as well. And I'm so glad that you learned how to do that. Okay, so we're going to do the next segment, which is called Ask Sarah. And our question today comes from Kesha. And she says, I feel like I am different from others. 
I have so many opinions that I have to keep to myself because I am shy or afraid to see how people will react. So I write. When I started to write at first, I thought it would be fine, but the sense of perfectionism seems to flare up. I want to write, but I always delete it because I think it's not good enough. It's never enough. Now I feel like a useless person. My ability is only in writing. I don't have enough courage to write what I want to write. If you can help, I will really, really, really appreciate it. Hey, Kesha. I know exactly how you feel. I felt the same way when I first started writing my blog. I wanted every single thing that I wrote to be perfect. I, too, love to write. I feel like I can express myself a lot better when I do write. But I was worried when I started to write because when I was in school, I was way better at math than I was at English. So I know for sure that... I don't know the proper sentence structure. In fact, a lot of my sentences probably aren't even sentences. I have three different apps that I use to help me make sure all the words that I write are spelled correctly, and I still miss some. If you're going to write, the best advice that I can give to you is to do it scared. Do it messy. Embrace the fact that the first blog that you write is going to be messy. It's not going to be perfect. Because you can't be perfect at something that you don't have a lot of practice at. But if you know that the first one is going to be messy, and you give yourself permission for it to be messy, then you can write it and put it out there, and then the next one that you write will be a little bit better. And the next one that you write after that will be a little bit better too. And by the time you get to the 100th one or the 500th one, those will be a whole lot better. But you can't get to the ones that are a whole lot better if you don't write the ones that aren't that great. And the other thing that you talked about, too, is worrying about what people will say. And I've worried about what people will say myself. But when you sit down to write, you have to think about what the purpose is of what your writing is. When I first started my blog, I thought, if I could help one person, that will be enough. And I didn't think that very many people would follow me. I didn't think that there were that many INFJs out there. I just thought maybe there's one person that needs to hear what I have to say. So once you have that purpose, then that gives you the whole reason behind what you're doing. And when somebody comes at you with something negative to say, you can say, okay, that's not my truth. That doesn't belong to me. I don't need to worry about that. And it's perfectly fine for you to block those people, to delete their comments and to move on because you just don't have time for that in your life. The whole reason that you're writing is to help the people who are your people, who need to hear what you have to say. And trust me, those people are out there. There is somebody, and probably a lot of somebodies, who need to hear what you have to say. So it's important to make sure that you do write, that you do put your story out there, because there are people who need to hear it. All right, I think that's all that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. I so much appreciate it. I'm blown away every time I look at the stats to see how many people have listened. It's completely amazing. I thank you so much for your support, for all of your positive comments, for showing up for me. I so much appreciate it. Uh, make sure that if you haven't yet, please go and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you again next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.